Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, there is a a trend within the Christian church uh, over at least the last uh, ten years that has uh, become uh, very concerning. And that is uh, the fact that people have uh, taken a a word that Jesus spoke and they have kind of twisted it in a sense and began to make the church ineffective by doing so. And that word of God is simply this. Jesus did, in fact, say, Judge not, lest ye be judged. But the context of that statement was about a personal appearance. It was about affluence. It was about wealth. It was about perhaps a person's (laughs) particular charisma. It never intended to be applied to moral truth. You see, when Jesus made that statement, he was talking to people that, uh, you know, the, the rich person came in the door and they said, oh, hey, everybody, go and greet that person. Put that person in the, the best pew. Make that person feel at home. Maybe he will be able to contribute more to our congregation financially. Let's treat that one really special. And then when the poor person came in the door, they said, ah, you know, Maybe you can, can sit on the floor. There's room for you. Now, we, we, we don't really want to you know, go out of our way for that particular person. He's just poor. You know, what can he really bring to the table? See, the, the person dressed in fancy clothes would come in and they'd say, Oh, wow, he has the latest design. Oh, let's check that out. Let's make a big deal about him. But the, the poor person came in, you know, dressed in a, a t-shirt and they said, oh, you know, who really cares uh, about that person? He said, there, there is that particular context in which our Lord made the statement. He was saying, don't judge people based on their wealth, their bank account. Don't judge people based on how they are dressed. Don't judge them based on their charisma. Don't judge them on, on their influence. But later in the scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ also says, judge with a righteous judgment. What does that mean? Now, of course, it it doesn't mean that we're bearing false witness. We we don't just hear rumors about somebody and then start to to spread those rumors. We, We don't treat people as sinners until we have investigated thoroughly, right? But once we come to understand that someone is living in sin, we are called to judge with a righteous judgment. And that's what the world doesn't get anymore. (laughs) Perhaps you had the experience where you, you had to go to a son or daughter that was committing sin. You knew for a fact what was going on, but as a Christian parent, you felt that you needed to confront your son or daughter. Now, if in the midst of that conversation, you know, you you said, 
No, you, you, you got to stop cheating on your wife. That's adultery. God doesn't want that. And they responded, well, mom, judge not lest you be judged. You see, it, it just shuts down the conversation, doesn't it? You see, in, in effect, sinners of our day are using the scripture to keep us from you know, performing our function of condemning sin. That's what's going on today. And it's happening everywhere. I just was thinking to myself, you know, 10 years ago, as much as, as I like Christian radio, you know, 10 years ago, the commentators could still condemn sin. We had people out there like James Dobson. Do, do you remember listening to, to James Dobson at times? He had no problem coming on his show and telling it like it is. Condemning sin in people's lives. But now it seems I can't do it anymore. No, we had Billy Graham who could go into any major city within our nation. He can gather thousands of people together within a stadium. He could say that is wrong. And people repented. People fell on their knees. People came forward in masses and they turned their life back over to Christ. But now in our day, they say, oh, you can't do that. You can't say those kinds of things. You're being judgy. What are those judgy Christians? We don't like the, the judgy Christians because they're always judging people all the time. And then you, you feel bad. And you say, oh my, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, I, I want to represent Christ in, in my community, but, you know, people are condemning me. And, you know, there is that verse, right? Judge not lest you be judged. Now I guess maybe I should just shut up and sit in the back and never speak at community meetings ever again because, right, I don't want to offend anybody. But guess what? Right? The law is offensive, isn't it? It's designed to be that way. Because guess what? You can't come to repentance if you don't know you're doing anything wrong. Right? See, I, I can't return to the Lord if I don't think I need to turn around. Yeah? I can't even come to realize I need a Savior if everything that I do is okay. That's right, isn't it? Why do I need a Savior if my actions are always beyond judgment? Why do I need a Savior if no one is ever going to tell me I did anything wrong? If my adultery is just fine, if my, my thieving ways are just okay, if, if I'm just kind of going through a stage in my life, you know, if I, I just need to grow up a, a, a little bit, if I have all these excuses, why do I need a Savior? I, I don't. Right? If I'm in that situation and, and people come to me and condemn me and I just shoot back, judge not lest you be judged, aha! Uh -huh. I don't think I need a savior. 
But, dear friends, we need to continue to have the law within our church. We need to be able to condemn sin. We need to be able to go to other people and say, you're going the wrong way. You are sinning. You need to return to the Lord. Because uh, the Christian message, it doesn't mean anything if we're just all okay the way we are. We need to bring the condemnation because a person can't change if they don't turn. And they won't turn if they don't know they're doing anything wrong. The message needs to remain the same. See, we've sinned. We've fallen short. We need repentance. We need to return to the Lord. And the Lord, he will welcome us in. The the, the gospel doesn't even matter if we can't condemn sin. Now, now here's what I mean. You know, the, the gospel says, right, we are forgiven because Christ died for us. But if I don't need forgiveness, it doesn't matter, does it? The gospel says when Jesus shed his blood, he opened the door to heaven for everyone. Well, if I'm okay, I, I didn't need that. If everything I do is fine, I, I don't need Jesus to shed his blood to open the door because I, I can just walk in. I'm okay. The gospel says that our Savior died upon a cross so that we could be restored. Right? What a, a beautiful message. And yet, it, it, if the things I do, they're, they're not really sin. They're, they're just personal preference. And I, I don't really need a turn because, you know, judgy people are just judging me. And, and I, I don't really need to repent because it's just so, those goofy Christians over there that think there's something wrong with my life. Then I don't get to experience the joy of being restored. Why? Because I, I never thought I was lost in the first place. Everything in, in my life is just fine. You see, if you guys would just stop judging me, judge you people, just stop it. I can't ever experience the joy of salvation if I can't ever know I need to repent of my sin. The whole Christian message begins to fall apart when you and I stop doing our job. When we stop judging with a righteous judgment, the whole thing becomes ineffective. No one seems to need it anymore. And then, of course, what happens in our own families, right? in our own personal life, we start to have difficulties, don't we? Because the, the word of God says, right, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Be sober-minded as thou art, and stop sinning. Okay? 
And so what, what happens if we're not going to judge anybody? Well, then our, our kids can go wherever they want. They can hang out with whatever friends they want to hang out with, right? Because I don't want to be judgy. You know? I, I don't want to judge other people. But the Bible said, you know, bad company corrupts good morals. When you were growing up, your parents had to say, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, right? And as you were growing up, your parents perhaps made judgments about who your friends could be. They made decisions about what parties you could attend. They ask you, you know what, when you're going over to, to Johnny's house and it's going to be, you know, a mixture of, of boys and girls, are Johnny's parents going to be home? You know? Are, are they going to be supervising? Or is, is Johnny's dad going to buy a keg for everybody so that they can have a good time? Place I have serving over in, in North Dakota just reminds me, right? The, the boys basketball team getting ready to go to state, you know, and, and, and one of the members of the team, you know, invites his friends over to, you know, my, my folks house and his dad bought a keg for them to celebrate that they're going to state. Well, guess what? Right? They circulated pictures on social media and suddenly, those five young men can't play in the state championship because good old dad, you know, bought a cake for the guys to celebrate. I, I, I guess that's kind of what I'm talking about today, right? No, we are called to make a righteous judgment. Uh, you and, and I supervising our, our young people, you know, our boys and girls, we are supposed to keep them from going to that party so that they could have played in the state championship. You know? We're supposed to make a righteous judgment. Okay, What is that dad like? Is he going to supervise the party? Or is he just going to take a vacation and let the young people do whatever they want in his house while he's gone? See? We are called to make that righteous judgment. But if we don't want to be judgy, oh, oh sure, you know, go ahead. Oh, uh, oh, I wouldn't want to condemn anyone. Oh, no, 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 go, go ahead to that party. Go on. Oh, I don't need to know the details. I wouldn't want to judge. And then it comes back to our own personal life, doesn't it? Because if I don't want to judge other people, well, then I'm not going to judge myself. And so then it doesn't really matter what kind of company I keep, you know. And I, I, I want to be one of the, the guys, and the guys are going to the strip club, and they're going to do some drinking, and, and they finally invited me, and so you know maybe I should go, because I don't want to judge them. I don't want to be a judgy person, and I, I want to fit in. And so I'm going to go hang out at the, the strip club and drink a few beers with, with those guys. Well, well, then what's happening? Right, suddenly my... Good morals are corrupted. 
Right? Suddenly, I'm you know, in that other category. Suddenly, I can't connect with God anymore. And suddenly, I have no desire really to go to church anymore because uh, those judgy people might judge me now. What does it take for us to come back? It takes that ability to go to our friends, to go to our children, to, to be able to, to say, you know, son, you know, you're, you're telling me about you know, how, how you're married and you're working in that office and a, a new pretty girl came in and she's often over there at the water cooler and, and you know, you think that maybe that's a good time for you to go to the, the water cooler too. And so what you got to be able to do is you got to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know the, the thoughts that I'm having and I'm just not going to drink water anymore when I'm at work. Right? You see, that's where we need to be. We need to be able to nip it in the bud. We need to be able to make a judgment. You know? We need to be able to take action against sin. We need to be able to judge with a righteous judgment and to do the things that we're called to do. But the whole beauty of our Lord is that when we acknowledge our sin, that when we desire to turn from our sin, the Lord is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins. He will erase our iniquities. He, he will cover in the blood of Jesus Christ the things that we've done wrong, the places that we've gone astray. But we can't get there if we don't know right from wrong anymore. And we can't get there if we won't turn around and come back. And we can't get there if we won't fall on our knees and beg that forgiveness. We can't get there if we don't know we've done something wrong. See? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he did in fact come to redeem us. He did in fact come to open the way to heaven for those who repent, who return to him, who call on him for his loving care. He did in fact come to save us from our sins, to give us a new life to restore us when we've gone astray, to be the one who opened the gate of heaven so we could still make it, even though we had sinned. And dear friends, that is the beauty of the message. That even though my sin be so great, I put the spike in his wrist. He still loves me. And even though my sins be black as 
coal. They can be made white as wool. Once again, if I will but acknowledge them, if I will but turn back to the Lord, if I will only seek his face, he welcomes me home with open arms. He smiles and gives me a loving embrace. He holds my head to his chest. He says, my son, my daughter, they've come home again. He celebrates. He saves. He renews. He restores. And he does it all in the midst of our failure. He does it all in the midst of his love. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds and now and always. Amen.